Welcome to the Hunters and Unicorns 2020 Mastery Mission. Essential listening for sales professionals on the quest for mastery. Shorter episodes, huge impact. The 2020 Mastery Mission is sponsored by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Are you on the mission? Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. Welcome to Hunters and Unicorns, the 2020 Mastery Mission. 20 topics, 20 guests, 20 minutes. We're here to unlock the tribal wisdom from the legends of tech sales to help you get one step closer to mastery. I'm Simon Kutis and I'm joined by my co-host, Oli Kune. Hey, everyone. And today we are absolutely delighted to welcome to the show, Mike Musselman. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here with you guys. Really excited. Welcome to the show, Musselman number two. <laughs> and I think, I think for the purpose, as an introduction here, and everybody's going to be asking this question, are you Mark's brother? We are not related, but we're brothers from another mother, and I'm not going to be riding sur- skateboards or surfing waves for you guys today. <laughs> That's a relief. That's a relief. Our insurance doesn't cover any more of that. So, um, yeah. So I suppose in the way of an introduction, um, you're currently Senior Director of Technology and Strategic Alliances at a big playbook company, Lacework, really, really kind of hot, hot, absolute rocket ship of a of a technology company. But what's interesting, Mike, is that you've obviously come from quite an interesting background. You transitioned out of pre-sales, you know, having worked with a number of the the 33, followed them through um, a couple of times before obviously ending up in quite a unique role within Lacework. It's a kind of a strategic alliance role, but it's the next generation of strategic alliances. And we're really, really excited to bring this topic because the channel ecosystem, as we conventionally know it, is so prescribed, but actually what you're doing is is definitely the next chapter in technology sales. And that's why we were so excited to bring this topic. So um, you have 20 minutes. Could you please introduce your topic, please? Yeah. So the topic I wanted to talk about today is really using or not using, but really the alignment of your technology, your ecosystem, your sales playbook with uh, the cloud service providers. So at Lacework, I oversee and build relationships with a lot of strategic uh, independent software vendors that our technology is better together with and the go-to-market and the assets and the marketing associated with that. But also just depending on your technology, what you guys do, who your customer base is, I think the emerging trend and also the emerging opportunity is how do you align your technology with the three major cloud service providers? And the theory or the thesis that I had starting this journey a couple years ago was pretty obvious is, uh, you know, I'm sub 100 employee. I'm the first one to own kind of alliance relationships at Lacework. I look at us being built on AWS web services or on Amazon web services And then I look at them having hundreds and hundreds of thousands of customers and us having less than 100 customers. And so the opportunity and the theory is if I could ever make that partner help bring business or accelerate our pipeline, man, that makes us a multi-billion dollar company pretty fast. And so every day, myself, now my larger extended global team, that's really what we're after. And there's a bunch of tips and tactics on how to kind of um, optimize that and just being a good partner to these bigger partners. Absolutely 
amazing story. Really interested in getting involved with this. I think we've we've seen, as Simon's mentioned, and we know of all the traditional routes to market through value-added resellers, GSIs, um, service providers, etc. But this is really, really, really hot topic. This is a really, really huge opportunity, and it's growing. But but where does it come from, and where is it going, Mike? So if you guys know, and I think all the great sellers and sales leaders, we use a lot of analogies, right? It simplifies a, a pretty complex topic. So there's an analogy I've been using a lot lately, um, and it, it's really around the marketplaces. But let's say I walk down to the coffee shop down the street uh, and I buy a cup of coffee and maybe this retailer only takes cash, right? But I actually want to buy with my credit card or maybe I just have my mobile phone and I want to use my Google Pay or Apple Pay. And so I look at this the same way that if, if, if because of maybe the benefits or the cash back or the points I get for using my credit card is how I want to transact that way as a consumer. So if I can't consume what I want the way I want, I might just take my business to the Starbucks, you know, an extra block away, right? Because they accept a bunch of forms of payments. And so the way that I look at these marketplaces and kind of the goals and kind of the reasons why a customer w may want to buy that way I can't really control that. But I think for my sales team, it's hard enough to sell any technology. It's hard to you know, align the seller's journey with the buyer's journey and transact and make sure it's a good fit. But the last thing you want to do is at the end of you know, the, the, the infamous uh, sales process is really slow down that transaction and that fulfillment and make it easier to buy. So I think the marketplaces obviously extend that. I want our sellers, I want our business to be able to accept however the customer wants to pay for lace work. And that being said, these are transactions, these are mechanisms that you can do that. So how do I just make yes, you know, for each of these questions that the sellers don't have to objection handle, have to say no, and can keep running their playbook, keep executing kind of the deals. So as a salesperson, you know, thinking about, you know, my career or, you know, what's next or what's important or, you know, really trying to map my journey and towards the towards my end game, why should I pay attention to this? You know, what what could this give me in my journey in terms of, you know, potential things that I could achieve? Yeah, so as an individual seller, I think that the goal is simple, like how does my customer want to buy? And I think that's a natural question for any seller. In this case, depending on what you sell, but in our world, it's very simple. And it's a pretty executive conversation to ask your buyer because it's probably is just, do they have a cloud spend, right? Have they committed? Are they built on one of the major cloud service providers? Do they have a massive kind of budget for cloud spend? And in our case, we sell cloud security. But a lot of times what I find is that the security budgets might be pretty small or contained within a certain part of the organization, but the cloud budget might be much, much larger and owned by, you know, your, your ex executive buyer, the CTO, the CIO, you know, sometimes CEOs of companies. And because of that, you might have access to more budget just by figuring out who owns that as it important, but also how do they want to buy? So in this case, you know, the coffee shop example, if I'm, you know, if I can only accept cash, but the customer wants to buy with a credit card or wants to buy with Apple Pay as an example, you know, just being able to expand that and ask those questions in discovery or throughout the sales process may find you a faster path to transaction. The second piece is 
the cloud service providers, it's a little bit unnatural, you know, having 10,000 partners as an example to pick you out from the crowd and say, instead of maybe recommending my own service that does something similar to what your service does, let me recommend you for this particular opportunity or account to get into. That takes multiple years, a lot of trust, a lot of time, and it's an individual, just like a channel, it's an individual relationship and mapping. But what you can do with all the service providers is you can take your pipeline, I call it qualified pipeline, right? And you can share that with the cloud service providers and you can go meet your peers at Amazon and Google, and you can absolutely try to accelerate your point A to point B by leveraging what you know, who you're talking with, what the strategic opportunity is, what their challenges are the I and med pick and, start to understand that. And then what happens, especially for a small company, is now you're starting to co-sell with the cloud service providers with the mutual goal, which is helping the customer, whether it's you know grow their revenue, make them more secure, whatever your value drivers are, the business initiative is that you're attaching to. You know, it's one thing to be a little tiny company, but it's really different when you're co-selling these opportunities with Google or Amazon or Microsoft because you have the same goals, which are customer obsession. Do I have the right solution to address and solve the customer's problem? And so I think that's really the tactic that I'm introducing. And it's really the opportunity for every company just to consider, does this make sense for my business? But with the ultimate goal, can I accelerate my deals that I already have in pipeline? You know, and over time you start to get new business because you've created that trust in the playbook that they start knowing, oh, to solve this problem, Actually, Lacework happens to be my most strategic, trusted partner. They've solved my problem for two or three or 10 or 100 other customers. I think they'd be great. Let me introduce them. And there's really no better introduction that I've ever seen than one of the cloud service providers whose their sales team, account teams, and essays are the most trusted relationship for these big builders on the cloud than that account manager recommending you directly to the CTO or the CIO. Those meetings tend to be very positive. It's a very, very, you know, high level executive relationship. And obviously, you know, it's then you up to your opportunity to understand the problem, make sure you have the right solution to solve it. So I suppose the co-selling part, we're obviously talking about, you know, the big cloud providers, but the co-selling is is really kind of almost complementing other sales. It's almost kind of grouping technology together to be able to achieve business objectives and selling together. So so just tell us how, how that kind of works and you know, how do you go about bridging those relationships or is it you just sit there and wait for those inquiries to start coming in you know, once you've got a certain amount of rating or how does it work? Yeah. It's really like the lens of most of the cloud service providers is pretty straightforward. It's It's really co-selling. So we've talked a lot about that and really aligning pipeline. Is there pipeline? And, and really, in this case, are you transacting deals in the marketplace? So it starts as things like counts, how much, and then obviously revenue and those things. The bigger you are, the bigger it gets. Also, if you're built on one of these cloud service providers, obviously you have a bill with that or multiple cloud service providers. The bigger your bill is over time, they obviously see you at a different tier, different size of spender, right? And so if you're a really small company just getting started, these are all really small numbers. The second big bucket is really co-build. 
So you might have slightly competitive solutions with the cloud service provider, but you also have opportunities to integrate into other services that they have. Maybe you compete with one, but there's a opportunity to build and integrate into another service, pull data from them, push data to them. The second thing is generally, you know, these cloud service providers are growing at a pretty rapid pace. So how does your solution help move customers to their cloud or spend more money in their cloud? And if you can align to their strategic business drivers, that helps too, right? And sometimes building a integrated solution helps activate that or unlock that faster. And then the third big bucket is obviously around marketing. Sometimes that's more for the ISV than the cloud service provider. But, you know, like if you're talking about your partner, that's good for them too. So there's a lot of opportunities and tactics and, uh, you know, marketing development funds that, that become available for you, but also just like, what are the tactics that you can do? Um, early on at our history here, let's say we wanted to go run a webinar on some thought leadership topic about what Lacework's doing about cloud security. It was pretty obvious to me, like we can bring our own smart CTOs or SAs on the call and talk about this, but how much better would it be if we grabbed someone from Amazon or Google and shared the microphone and we had a unified message about how we're helping our customers and what the use cases are. And so that obviously amplifies your marketing. It amplifies the net you're casting because now you're co-marketing with one of the largest companies in the world. And so that should help you drive demand, top of the funnel activities. And these are all like the core, I'd say the three pillars that regardless of the cloud service provider, you know, I, I didn't leave out IBM, Oracle, right? There's more than just the three that I mentioned. These just happen to be the three largest, but they all kind of view that ecosystem the same way, faster line with whatever the next step or the next stage in your sales process is. So as an IC, as an, as an individual contributor, what, what can I do to kind of kick this off? What, what, are, my, what are my steps? Yeah, the, the the first part is, you know, like the role that I sit in running alliances. Some organizations re- may start with running kind of a, a hybrid role, so channels and alliances, right? And I think that's important. So first, if your company's not really maybe approaching the cloud service provider you might be built on and understanding their partner networks and kind of the steps to get onboarded as a partner and kind of a series of of steps to get that. I I think there's certainly what a seller can do, but I wouldn't really want you to be too distracted from your goal, your job, your, your, you know, key performance indicators, your leading indicators. So it's really maybe, you know, you've got a sales leader, you've got a CRO or some kind of EPS sales. I think that conversation starts with this, like, should the business, should we be looking at accelerating our pipeline with one of these cloud service providers based on our attribution. Uh, And I think that's an investment for the business, but as an individual contributor, that's important. The second thing is when I started at Lacework, it was not super common, but it did happen where a buyer would ask us, can I buy Lacework through the AWS marketplace? I heard that from our individual contributors, from our sales team, right? So that then signals to me, we don't today, I better go figure this out for the benefit of the business, right? And that kind of also forced it too. So if you're listening to your customers and they're asking about this, 
do something with it. And I think that's, as an individual contributor, that's certainly something you can do. Also, as I've grown my business, I hire a lot of salespeople, right? I'll, I'll take a salesperson from within the company and maybe bring them on my team because they already have the right DNA. They already understand the sales process. They already understand how to make relationships and build champions. But they also make great people as alliance sellers because you're really communicating with your sales team, their sales team, and you're kind of, you know, it's a triangle of three, but the goal is still the same as we're trying to conduct business. There's also benefits for the sellers at these other cloud service providers for why they would want to help you. If you're transacting through the marketplace, there's quota retirement and benefits for them. And I think all of these reasons are why you can start to use, there's a place to start, but over time you start to build trusted partnerships with these cloud service providers, just like you would any other traditional reseller or channel partner. If, if you were to just, in the most simple terms, just describe the ecosystem, could you just do this for us as well? I think it'd be really good for you to just summarize it in the most simplistic way you can. Yeah. So the analogy I like to use, and especially because Lacework was built on AWS, and over time, obviously, as we've accrued more customers, you know, we spend more, we integrate tighter into the services that we've built on. And I always see Amazon, in this case, as kind of the sun of our universe. And so call us, other ISVs, traditional VARs, distribution channels as all satellites rotating around the sun. And so the position and the analogy I like to use is I want to put us, Lacework, right where Earth is in third position, right? Because you know if you're too close, like Mercury, you're going to burn up. And if you're too far, you're not really going to get any of the warmth or the benefits from that relationship. And so I think that that analogy also parallels with how you're building technology, how your salespeople are communicating with the customers. Because you'll commonly get asked, hey, how does your solution compare to the cloud service provider solution? And you have an opportunity to you know, maybe talk about growing or graduating from that thing to what you guys have built and those differentiations rather than saying and picking a fight and making it a versus conversation. And so I think if you as a business believe that this is the right strategic investment partnership, I think you can find a very happy medium where you're helping your customers solve whatever challenge it is that your business exists for, whatever it is but you're at the right place kind of rotating around this big, massive star and you're getting the benefits from it, but you're also not creating a, an enemy. And I think that's the, the right position to be in. And so the other point that I say, and if we know our own solar system is you're not gonna fight gravity. I'm not gonna go tell Amazon what to do or what I want them to do for me or source me business or I expect this. And I think that's the challenge, but also a failure that others make is that it's an unnatural ask. Don't try to make the star, the sun do something that's unlikely unnatural. So a tactic that you could use and a tactic that I used and, you know, hats off to Mark Musselman as an example or others, there's a lot of other ISVs that have been doing this for much longer than your company, than my company. And so like, like your sales partner networks or talking to your sales peers at other companies or working for you know, other companies in the past, I think it's really important to build partnerships with other ISVs that you probably don't compete with, 
but that you can learn from them. They might be a year or two ahead of you. A perfect example is I know Snowflake, which is you know a, a relationship to us, an ISV partner, is definitely a couple years ahead of Lacework. So I have friends at Snowflake. I asked their alliances team about their relationship with a, you know AWS and Google and Microsoft. And while I might not be able to get everything that I want today because we're not there yet or we're not staffed there yet, I absolutely can learn. You know, I'm on the first step, they're on the third step or the fourth step. Like, what should I be thinking about? What are the tactics that I might consider to get to the next step? And you can start to build your journey out, both from what you learn and understand from the cloud service provider, but also from your peers. And you'll find that myself and a lot of these others that have done these jobs are happy to share that. I think I get a ton of enjoyment about helping other ISVs share the knowledge that I've learned because it's an ecosystem. You know, all, a rising tide lifts all ships, and I see that the same way. Really, really great insight there. So I, I suppose, I, I know throughout this whole <laughs> session, you, you have shared some some kind of strategies and stuff that, you know, are, are, are quite key. But, you know, for, for, our, for our listeners, if there are some absolute try these, you know, what, what would they be? Yeah, so I've, I'll, I'll summarize a lot of things that I've talked about. But I really do think it, it starts with your customer, your prospect. Like if you have customers, go ask them, hey, do you buy other stuff through these marketplaces? Is that important to you? Will that be important to you in the future? If you don't know, why is that important to you? I think that's a good place to start. But certainly as an individual contributor or your sales team, go ask your sales team, hey, does this ever come up in your discovery? Are customers or are prospects asking us about transacting through these marketplaces? If we did this, would that help maybe eliminate or alleviate or speed up how fast we can transact? Do we have access to budget that we didn't have access to before? I think that's really where it starts. You know, it's all about revenue for every company. Does this impact that number? The second is... If it makes sense, then you need to have a good conversation with a lot of your executives. These are C-level conversations. These are business impacting things. I think in alliances, most people who do this role realize you're kind of an octopus with eight arms into eight different parts of the business. You're really an entrepreneur in the safety of this big company. And because of that, you're touching finance, you're touching ops, you're touching sales, you're touching you know, in this case, the revenue, money. So there's a lot of conversations. And I think setting the right expectations, getting the blessing of, of your finance team, your ops team, and then certainly your sales team, right? If I'm going to be sharing our pipeline with someone else, I don't want to be sneaky about this. I want all, I, I call it face up poker. Like I want all the cards to be visible so that I actually get the support. I get the encouragement from my CRO, my VPs of sales. They're telling the individual contributors, their sales team, trust this process. It takes a little while, but like, this is why we're doing this, right? And I think that's the second big step. The third is start with the cloud that you're built on. So if you're built on Amazon, get into their partner network, right? Figure that out. It's pretty well documented. They each have a different where you start, what the th milestones that you have to do. Sometimes it's pipeline, sometimes it's this, that. Like they all have a series of things that they wanna do. 
some of the companies are aligned differently with resources. So you might get access to a partner manager. It's probably a well-shared partner manager. If you're a really big company generating billions of revenue already, you might get a pretty high up set of support because they want, they're, they're trying to bring you into their network. But I think the cloud service providers have a lot of documentation. Their partner portals and their partner programs are pretty well documented. Also, ask a lot of people, ask your peers, ask other, you know, ask the folks at, at the cloud service providers. And I think what's really important, I think what we did really well here a couple years ago is I did, I was persistent. I got all the questions answered. I understand and understood what was important to the cloud service provider, the partner people, the selling people. And I understood what all, what they cared about, how they were gold, how they were measured. I built our program to align to their goals. So me and my team's goals are exactly aligned to a lot of the sellers or the you know, success managers at the cloud service providers. So we're goal aligned, meaning we're, we're kind of swimming the same direction. But also I think what's really important is not only that you listen to what they're recommending or how they're coaching you, but then go do it. And then more importantly, go back to them and say, thank you. I listened to you. Here's what we did. And here's our results. And you'll find that you'll build a lot more help in the future. Because if you think of it, they're probably giving the same information to thousands of folks. But how many take the information, execute, and then go back and thank them, and then actually show them, look, we were at zero, now we're at two, then we're at four, then we're at eight. And that's probably, those are the kind of partnership, these are just basic relationships, but with any partner, they're gonna wanna help the people who are helping them who understand. Wow. Absolutely incredible. Michael, thank you so much for sharing so much insight with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. But to all our listeners, to all our viewers, we hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like what you heard, please do share and subscribe. But again, a big thank you to you, Michael, for joining us today. And look, we look forward to welcoming back, welcoming you all back, sorry, to another mastery session soon. Thanks ever so much, guys. Have you enjoyed the session today? Be sure to let us know how you got on with the tips and please help others discover our series by sharing and liking our content. Are you on the mission? The 2020 Mastery Mission is brought to you by SOAP, the global recruitment partner for the Playbook community. Check out so muchsoap.com for more information.